1: Today on the ZabeCast, if ever there was a I-remember-exactly-where-I-was-when kind of day or night, this was it. Tom Hanks, Rudy Gobert, the NBA season, and a ton of flights to and from Europe, and that's just the start. Buckle up, the sports world gonna get wild. Mr. X joined me earlier in the day to talk over-unders in baseball and how Calcutta's work, just in case you're coroned out. Your bonus, 40 Minutes of Me, is still locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! Here we go! Thursday, March 12th, 2020. Whoa, what a night! It was crazy, as you guys all know by now, and I'm sure a lot has happened since I stopped to record this podcast at 10 o'clock. Thank God today I did not put this podcast in the can from a few hours earlier. If you heard me on my afternoon show, I was disgusted at all the cancellations. I said, this is crazy, it's premature, it's ridiculous, and then boom, boom, boom. Obviously, the NBA did what it had to do. Obviously, Rudy Gobert is a fucking idiot. Way to go, pal. Do you know how disgusting microphones are? As somebody who has spat into one, incidentally, my entire adult career life, they are some of the filthiest, most germ-laden things on the planet. And Rudy Gobert just laughingly, oh, look at this, and he touched a bunch of them. I mean, do you know how many faces those microphones have been in front of all year long? Wow. Life comes at you fast. So... Of course, I, uh, you know, Corey COVID, I said, I could be wrong about this, but I'm not sure this kid is that good. Well, he just fucking went on a nine Oh run shooting threes, dunking on Gobert, and changing the entire landscape for sports in one night. And of course it doesn't help that Tom Hanks, America's most beloved actor and his lovely wife, Rita Wilson said that they were uh, coronavirus positive after traveling to Australia to film a movie. You combine that with President Trump canceling all flights to Europe for 30 days and everything now is up for grabs. So we will see about the raw case numbers. We will see how many other NBA players both on the Oklahoma City Thunder as well as elsewhere in the NBA end up testing positive. We'll see what the outcomes are for these particular young, very healthy individuals, and that will shape everything in the coming days. So yeah, Corey COVID-19, maybe not the D3 player that we thought he was. One has to take a bit of a deep breath, though, to at least say to yourself, well, really, what are the global numbers? And there is so much bickering now of course, on social media, and I try to stay out of it as best I can. I get my opinions out on the radio. I don't try to, you know, engage on social media, but there are still a number of data points worldwide, besides Italy, which is having a real trouble, a real tough time right now, that um, are at least encouraging. And I had a bunch of those encouraging quotes I was going to read to you uh, today, but now everything has been thrown completely up in the air. This is what it was going to take for, I think, people to just really freak out. I mean, forget toilet paper and hand sanitizer being in short supply. Who knows what's going to be in short supply next? But we'll get through this. I still am not personally worried. I think there's going to be huge economic fallout. I think it's going to suck for us in the sports business. It's going to suck for all you sports fans as well. And I don't know when they're going to feel like it's okay to come back to playing sports. I don't know, you know, if the numbers ramp up to 30,000 infected and 1,400 dead. And then it starts to go slowly down as we reach May. Are they going to say, you know what, we feel like it's okay to start things back up again? You know, bottom line is uh, this is a dangerous thing as there are many dangerous things in the world. And with diseases. And it's another thing we're going to have to factor on. But we're talking panic level a million right now, and I'm sure in the coming days. That said, didn't stop people from still being kind of funny on Twitter. Are we still allowed to be funny? Are we still allowed to make, you know, jokes about this? It's the only way we're going to get through it, right? Ben Maller's been on fire from Fox Sports Radio. China sending the coronavirus to obliterate the business of the NBA is the ultimate revenge for Daryl Morey standing with Hong Kong. Yeah. Uh, Here's another tweet. Rudy Gobert, defensive player of the year, shut down the whole league. Can't beat that. KFC Barstool, Rudy Gobert with the biggest old takes exposed cold take ever. What an asshole move. Even if you didn't know, Just such an a-hole thing to do. So boom, 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 out go the lights. And of course, all the conference tournaments that had said, we're going to still have fans, and they were certainly a handful, the ones that make money, the Big Ten, the ACC, uh, they all quickly said, yeah, we're going to start kicking the fans out. And the NCAA stance to say, we'll play the games, but we're just not going to have fans. Who knows if that survives the light of morning? Who knows if that survives morning? Twenty four hours. Here, you want something funny? Maybe. Top ten coronavirus porn titles. <laughs> number ten, social distancing. Nine, Wu Hung China. Eight, community transmission. Seven epidemic. Okay, these aren't funny. I know. How about number one? Coed night. Come on, man. Jeez. People freaking out if Augusta cancels the Masters is going to be bloodshed. Well, we do have a month, but it could be worse in a month. Headline, New York Daily News, dance like nobody's watching. March Madness to go on without fans due to coronavirus. Fantastic headline. Very creative. I don't know if it's going to happen, though. Uh, two inches short on Twitter, breaking. Augusta national unveils new coronavirus caddy jumpsuits. <laughs> They're white hazmat suits with the with the hood on and everything. Okay. Coronavirus conference canceled in New York because of coronavirus. <laughs> Somebody pulled a TV news story from years ago that has the headline, quote from man stabbed, quote, what are you gonna do? Stab me? And they reference that. To what Rudy Gobert did with the microphones. Whoa, 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 whoa. Where do we go? What do we do? What is next? Nobody knows. My stance on Zay Vegas prior to the last couple hours was simple. I'm fucking going. I'm going if the games are canceled. I'm going if they're not attended by fans. If the airlines are flying, I'm going and nobody's getting a refund. I don't know if the airlines are going to be flying domestically in a couple of weeks. I hate to say I hate to say that, but tonight was extraordinary, so who knows what's going to happen next if the airlines are still flying, I am gonna go. I know you can call me crazy all you want I'm going to go. That said, as far as refunds, I don't know I got to talk to top golf. I've got a half deposit down with them. This is probably going to shake Vegas pretty good. who knows. What's going to happen next? But I still want to press ahead. The funny thing is people keep saying, this is not the flu. But it is in almost every way, only it could be mega flu. Now, mega flu would be bad. If it is 10 times as lethal as the flu, then that's really bad. But it's still basically the flu. It all depends on, well, you know, what are the the symptoms of people that are young and otherwise healthy? And uh, how many people go into serious intensive care? We'll see. We'll see. But sports is gonna take a real defensive crouch right now. Uh we have called it not only a 20-second timeout, a full timeout. And uh we are going to uh we are gonna slap the floor and start playing some defense and see if we can't make this Corey Covid guy shoot some air balls. God help us all. Be safe, be smart, try not to panic, log off your computer, log off Twitter, log off the news. And take a deep breath whenever you can. Just not around people that have it, like Rudy Gobert. Let's talk to Mr. X about gambling. That'll that'll take your mind off things for two minutes, won't it? It's about that time. We are on the verge of season total reveal time from Mr. X. Mr. 79% on baseball totals. And he has gone to Florida for some in person training. Spring training, Grapefruit League style. How's Florida treating you, Mr. X?
2: It's a it's a tough job, but somebody has to do it. <laughs>
1: exactly. How is the flight down? I bet I bet airline flights are real roomy right about now.
2: I had plenty of space. I wore a little mask. I coughed and sneezed and I got like six rows all to myself. Everyone's scattered. It was great.
1: Did you really cough and sneeze?
2: Uh, No. (laughs) Oh,
1: Did you really wear a mask?
2: Actually, I did for for a little bit. Interesting. Just for fun. Interesting.
1: Okay, well, there you go. It was only
2: about – there wasn't many people on the flight, maybe 30% full at most. All
1: right, so you're down in Florida. You got your uh, crew with you, and you're checking out some spring training baseball games. First of all, what does a spring training game cost? I have no idea because I haven't been in a billion years.
2: They're cheap. Um if you want to just grab cheap seats, there's so many parks that have just like standing room areas and outfield hangout I don't areas. Stand, I
1: don't want to stand like a hump. I want no, no, no. to sit. What is What is a bad? What is ten dollars? Okay,
2: for the crap. If you right. get them from the team, but the best seat in the park, uh, behind home plate, dugout, $30, 35 bucks. All right.
1: And where where does Mister Rex and his Get Right crew like to sit?
2: <laughs> row one, row two on home plate. I am not I'm not a get far from the action. Do guy. you do you I,
1: heck do yeah. you heckle the players and or the umps or nah?
2: Oh no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Although yeah. I did I did chat with Bryce a bit last year, right after the trade. Oh but really? I don't, I don't do that. Yeah, last year we talked about that. I can't remember what it was, but we <laughs> we chatted a little bit and um but no, I'm not I'm not uh, I'm a pretty quiet guy. I can sit and watch it.
1: I would imagine the allure is that look, if you don't have the money for a major league game to sit real close, to sit close to, you know, major league pitching and hitting is pretty exhilarating.
2: Yes. Plus the parks are small. They're yeah. tiny, the five, six, seven thousand, so there's no bad seats. Um, no, it's a it's great. I, I had made the decision when I came in ninety three. Um, Right before I got married, and I said, I am coming to the Grapefruit League every March for the rest of my life.
1: And so, this and is how many years in a row you've been?
2: Uh, two. I took uh, <laughs> 26 like... years off, <laughs> and now I'm back to the every year of my life yeah. plan. Yeah, well, that's what it having A brief 26 year hiatus. Yes. You
1: have four sons, and they're going to blot out the sun when it comes to your schedule which they did. Oh,
2: yes. Yes, right. they did.
1: By the way, if you want Mr. X's season baseball totals, if you want free money, if you want a 79% chance at making some sweet money, you're going to have to pay for it, but it'll be reasonable. You can contact Mr. X by going to his website, com. He's got email there to reach out. Mr. X, of course, will join us in Vegas as well for Zabe Vegas, two weeks from today, as a matter of fact, two weeks technically from tomorrow. It'll be Friday at Top Golf. We are sold out, all sixty-four bids claimed, and we are gonna have a great time. Mr. X is gonna have a craps lesson that is gonna take place at the Top Golf in a separate little conference room
2: and boardroom. boardroom. Boardroom, whatever.
1: What what's the difference between a conference room and a
2: boardroom? When our guy from MGM sent and said he had a conference room, I I told him the difference between a conference room and a boardroom is the stature of those in attendance. We're a boardroom.
1: (laughs) Okay, very good. Uh, We're not sure, Mr. X and I, as to whether we need to take reservations for these craps lessons, or if it's just come one, come all. If you're going to do two sessions, we've got the room for three hours. I would lose interest in whatever lesson you were giving me after about 30 minutes. I would like a 30-minute session because at some point, I just don't care. I'm there to throw hard ways and yo's out there.
2: Well, we're going to have to have a separate session just for you then.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Come on. You need an express session and a full master's course.
2: You know, they. I'm going to just have to put it this way. You are good at what you do. I'm I'm good good at at what what I do. do. All right, I'll leave it up to you. i got to teach it the way I teach it. I will teach it, and folks will get it, and they will know what they're doing, and your little hard way session will be on the side. (laughs) All
1: right, bottom line is this. If you are interested in Mr. X's crap lesson, craps lesson, then just reach out to me via email. I'll keep a soft count. I don't think we have to have a hard count. It'll be open to everybody who is at Zabe Vegas at the Top Golf at MGM on. Friday, all right. And yeah, now,
2: and that's early afternoon before. Yeah, it's one o'clock. The, um, one o'clock. Sessions. Right, one to right.
1: three, one to three, and then Zay Vegas will start shortly after three o'clock with the live show with Mister X, Jayco, and uh, Charge, and then the games start at four o'clock Vegas time.
2: And unfortunately, this year, the baseball season starts the day before. So, Good. all the folks that come out to Vegas no, no. and think, hey, let's go out and talk about baseball, no, no. it's going to be too late. It's going to be no, too that,
1: late. What do you mean, unfortunately? That's fortunate for you. That's going to drive them to your website, callmemisterx.com. <laughs> that way, we don't have to police people at say Vegas going, shh, shh, don't talk about Mr. <laughs> X's season totals. This season will have already started. Windows closed. You're done. So, go to his website, and you can uh, get more. Where did you... What's the genesis of you starting to pick season totals in baseball?
2: I would say, first of all, I've been a baseball guy since 1967. I started playing in-depth, what's now called fantasy, in 83. And I just was always a data person in life. So baseball being a great data sport, I... Just really had a, a feel for it for a long time. I uh, started doing it on your show in 2000. And I, I, I don't know. I've just always been very good at it. Um, I think one of the big keys in betting baseball season totals that, that is a good and a bad thing is the lines move and, or the odds move in baseball season totals way more than any other line in any other sport. Example, if a team opens up at 84.5 wins for the season, you might be looking at them thinking, gee, I think they're better than that. And within two or three days, they don't usually move the game total. It'll stay at 84.5 wins, but next thing you know, it'll be like minus 170. And you're like, oh, my God, You know, that is just a big number to lay. They really move like crazy. So it helps to get on them sort of as soon as possible.
1: Okay, and that's the way you've always been on it. At what point did you feel like, I've got a good beat on these things, and why do some – I mean, Vegas doesn't like to get beat on anything. They don't just throw these numbers out there casually. They've got their own people looking at it going, yeah, I think Verlander could end up on the IR. I don't think you're going to get as much production out of Altuve, etc., etc. They're doing their own calculations.
2: Yeah, you know, if I back up 20 years – I can remember guys that ran books saying they hated baseball totals. They hated them and they put them up for one and only one reason because they had to, and they claimed it was not, it was probably the worst line in their house. Now, you know what? If you walk into a casino where you have to pay up front and you're giving them money in March and collecting it in October, I have a hard time thinking that they really don't like that. I like collecting in March and paying back in October. Sure. I also remember a guy at an island shop one year when they took their lines down in 99.
1: Okay.
2: And I I asked him why. And he said, last year, a guy went 19 and 9, betting a million a line. And so he said, we'll never put him up again. And I said, hey, dumbass, the problem's not the line. The problem is you took a million per team. <laughs> <laughs> so why are the rest of us suffering? But anyway, most of the shops, um, you know, they, they claim they don't like them. But you know what? You get It's like anything. You get the guy in the door. Nobody walks in. That's baseball total and nothing else. Right. And here's an interesting thing, though, I wanted to throw at you. People have a very hard time. By the time I get my lines out, um, you know, I like to jump on them early, but I also like to be thorough. So I get, like last year, I get people all the time going, oh, my gosh, the lines the moved, the odds have moved, the odds have moved. Do I still take it? Check this out, Sabe. It's not really math, but watch this. Last year, if I asked you five games, plus or minus, seems like a pretty significant number, right? Like if a team was supposed to win 85, and I let you have 80 to 90. Five, yeah, a that's, game a 10 game. Game that's a 10-game spread.
1: That's a 10-game window,
2: right. right. Out of 30 teams, how many do you think would have come within that 10-game spread? I'll tell you. Answer, eight. <laughs> Doesn't that strike you as odd? Only eight. That mean, 22 of the 30 teams were not very close to their number at all. That is so. The point. weird. You know, in fact, in fact, eleven of them were more than double digits what? over their number all or right. under.
1: And what's your theory on why that is?
2: Well, first of all, last year the good were good and the bad were bad, so they, you know, it was it was an extreme year. And, and the bad sto- also,
1: and the bad stopped trying if they were even trying to begin with, and the good feasted.
2: Yeah, you know, a lot of people believe that. I don't because I think if you're unlike the motivation sports like basketball, where a guys you know dunking on you. You don't walk into the batter's box and not try. That's, you always try.
1: You're right. That's true. I guess I meant the organizations weren't trying.
2: Organization may. that That's a valid way to look at it. But they're, okay, they're not, quote, not trying. They're developing younger guys. Yeah, okay, same thing. That's well, a creative way but, of not trying. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Bottom line is when the odds change, it doesn't change who wins or loses. It doesn't change. You know, like a, when a point spread moves from seven points to four points, it might change who wins the game. But when the odds change from minus 10, minus 20, to minus 175, it doesn't change. It's still over or under. So, yes, nobody likes laying a big number. But if you're on the right side, you're on the right side. Yeah. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, makes sense to me. Have you have you compared the relative accuracy of the totals in baseball to the relative accuracies in totals in the NBA or in the NFL? Or, God forbid, the NHL?
2: Well let's put it this way, in, in the NFL, you know, everybody's plus uh, over-under is eight, and then they win nine or seven. You know, <laughs> It's so an
1: eight-and-eight it, an eight eight league to begin with, right?
2: Yeah, and it, there's usually maybe four or five teams a year that really surprise one or the other. Right. For the most part, that's one of the reasons I don't like the football totals as much is you feel like you're really on it. <clears throat> it's still going to come down to week, you know, game 15, game 16. And then <laughs> don't wait for the wire, you know. Just wait till the wire. Right.
1: Your motto so, is, if it's not over by Labor Day,
2: you've yeah, missed I like it to be pretty much in the yeah. bank by Labor right. Day. It tells me I'm good. It, you know, there's a couple that I won last year, the last maybe 10 games of the season. And granted, you take the winner, but I like to, when football starts, I like to think the baseball ones are in the park. Yeah. Okay.
1: All right. So uh, well, let's segue to the, uh, so for, again, for the for the picks, you're not just going to throw out <laughs> to your subscribers. Here's who I like. you give a write up with each one,
2: right? Sure, sure.
1: Yeah.
2: Yes. you show your work. I give out I give out the best. Some people just want you know the top few, you know top three and you know, we hit the top four last year easy. and some people just want to hear the very best. Maybe they're not that into it, but they like money. And you, so they just want to hear the top ones. Right. But some people want other plans. I give what I think of each and every team as well for those that are more interested in depth.
1: and you layer it too. so you're like, all right, here's the best one that I think, and then here's three more good ones, and then if you're still hungry, here's a few more that I think I'd also put out there. And you could choose how you want to play that, where you want to spread your money, how many eggs you want to put in this basket or the other.
2: Exactly. For example, last year, you know, the top five written up in order, one, all come home, five was a tough loss. But then I'll say, like, okay, here's all the other ones that I might play, just not so strong. You know, and they go seven and three. Then I put out what I call leans where it's like, you know, I would pick this side, but I'm not going to yeah, because I, you know, it differentiates me with a lean.
1: Yeah. Some guys might really like one of their own over-unders and they want exactly. you for confirmation. They're like, oh, good. Mr. X is leaning the same way or, ooh, he's leaning the other way. Maybe I need to rethink this.
2: Right. What I usually say on leans is this is the side I'd lean to. If you like it, go ahead. Don't go against me.
1: <laughs> right.
2: And, and we only went six and four on liens last okay. year. So, again, it's yeah. still a good thing. Uh, uh,
1: sure. What happens inevitably when somebody at their shop can't get the same number as your number? What
2: then? Well, back that, back to the point of about look at last year, for example. Nobody wants to go under 82 when they want to go under 84. I mean, nobody wants to see the move, and nobody wants to lay 160. But at the end of the day, if it's, you know, with me, if it's one of the really, really strong ones, I'm going to take it. Okay. Like You know, if they end up coming in 10 games, five, 10 games off, and then you look back and go, why did I let that little move In theory, off
1: of it? In theory, if you've got an under position and the number that somebody has is a half game or a game higher than yours, bonus, right? Oh, sure. sure. And that does happen from put time put it to time.
2: Not for me but yes, <laughs> they pretty <laughs> much move you. the same way. They right. pretty much go the way that, you know, I'm already looking. Yeah. Well, um, well you're you the know, one the that has day- to,
1: you're the one that has to plant the flag on what the actual total is. So of course yours sure. is going to be the actual number. All right. I assume right. that if somebody, if somebody buys your picks that, uh, and if they have a number that varies, they can email you and say, Hey, I'm a subscriber. Here's the number. What do you think? And you'll, you'll service them. Right.
2: Y- yeah, sure. Okay. I get a lot of guys saying, Oh gosh, my shop has this. What do you think? And it's like, like it, maybe not as much kind all of right.
1: thing. I can't wait. And the pick should be out by Monday is what you're hoping.
2: That's a soft target. That's fine.
1: <laughs> but they'll be out before the season begins, right?
2: Oh, gosh, yes. Okay. Oh, yes.
1: All right. Be I, want, all in. I want to talk Calcuttas for a quick second. Uh, one, of our, wow. uh, one of our friends in the Wisconsin Mafia, you know him as Danny B, is in a massive Calcutta with the big, deep-money Richie Rich guys at his private country club. And, I mean, the need numbers – does he need a partner you know what you never know (laughs) um calcutta's are interesting because they are not fixed price gambling endeavors that take a little bit of mental nimbleness to get your head around it's for me being a feeble math mind i still don't know if i have a full grasp on it but the ncaa tournament is a fertile ground for a calcutta because it is now so utterly wide open you get a lot of money flying in a lot of different directions to try to take advantage of picking a long shot to go all
2: the way. I miss them desperately. I have not done one in years, but they are the most fun gambling sporting event there is. And how does far. it
1: work? Explain it in layman's terms like we're on a long elevator okay. ride from ground <laughs> one, from the floor, from the parking garage one, P1 one, to floor 26 in a skyrise, I'm going to give you one minute on this elevator ride. Mr. X, what's a Calcutta?
2: The best ones happen the week before the Sweet 16. You're down to 16 teams. You basically have an auctioneer. They put the teams in order from worst to first, and it's an auction. First team on the board, you bid. He does the auction going, going, gone style until – Somebody in the room has bought that team for that price. Now, in theory, each team gets a little better. The price probably goes a little higher. At the end of bidding on all 16 teams, that amount of money is in the pot. A winner takes the pot. we got how many more floors to go? We're only at 15. Up the how,
1: how would I That's know it. what to bid? <laughs> like, if I'm in this Calcutta, I'd say I'll give you $5 for Duke.
2: Okay. Well, typically speaking, I mean, first of all, it's an auction. You can start it there, and I'm going right to a right, but whatever. Yeah. Typically speaking, there's a minimum bid for the first teams, you know, and a minimum increment um, depending on the size of your room. You might be bidding in hundreds. Maybe you're bidding in 25s. Um But once you get past maybe the the um, Loyolas of the world that snuck into the Sweet 16 and somebody's going to take a shot at them, then you get into the bigger teams and you might have increments of whatever your your feel come 50s 100s so you're not going uh, I'll bid 1600 I'll bid 1603 no you have minimum increments maybe so, 16 17 18
1: so any yes. Calcutta the price of what you're bidding the price range of the teams you're bidding on is almost always dictated by are you with a fast crowd aka Richie Rich Country Club boys or are you with your nickel dime beer and a shot buddies,
2: right? Yes. Yeah. So the way it works... But you still don't prices, know. It you, could be still, number.
1: you still don't know. That's the tough thing. You're bidding blind into what might be the ultimate price of the best team in the field. And that's very weird,
2: to me at least. You're right. I would put it this way. If you're talking about a Calcutta with any significant... If you're doing one in the office, yes, it could be crazy. The crappy team goes for something, and Duke goes cheap. That's theory. The reality is if anybody is in this with any money and any sense you'd be shocked at how they kind of line out quite similar to let's say the Vegas odds. Hmm. You know Kentucky's going to go more than the team below them. Below them, It really kind of, let's call it the invisible hand they really get the kind of reasonable numbers. At the end you might see one or two and go hey in hindsight that one was a real bargain. Why did no one want you know, right. Um, Texas, but it doesn't, it more often than not, they thought they just fall into place. And that's why I was always brought along um, with my guys back in the day. You put consortiums together, you, me, and you know, we might all get together and bid on a team and then carve it up later. But I was, well, that that's, guy.
1: that's, next level so you may have yes. bought Kentucky let's say in a Calcutta for $500 let's pretend it's 2017 when they were dominant so you bought yeah. Cal- you bought Kentucky for $500 most other teams were going for buck buck 50 200 bucks right
2: right so then at the end we you and I decide okay we're in for 500 I'm in for four eighty and you give me twenty. Well no,
1: hold on, hold on a second. Don't don't get ahead of ourselves. So so okay. so you may be like, Kentucky's a lot to win, that's great, but the payout on your five hundred dollar bid might not be very much because of the all the other odds that are mixed in,
2: right? That's correct. Take a day when Kentucky was really good and odds on to win it, they might be more than half the pot. So you're not getting quite even money. If it's a ten thousand dollar pot and you bid six on Kentucky you're only going to win four because you're winning your own 6 back. Right. Correct. Right, That's right. the theory. If you have a very, very dominant team, this year ought to be a hell of a year because there's no dominant teams. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's nothing better than watching the guy bid his ass off on Duke.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's similar keep, to – Keep going. It's similar to parimutuel betting in which the winnings are awarded from the total pool of bets, but differ in that only one player can bet on any one contestant.
2: And what's best is there's no house rake. That pot's that pot. Right. So you're not paying somebody to, well, you know, some big places might skim a little bit to like host the event or, you know, or whatever. If you're eating and drinking, you maybe maybe they take 5% on the pot to cover the night or something like that. But the bottom line is there's no house taking their cuts. You're getting a really good, everybody walks home with you bought Florida and you, after it's all said and done, you're like, Hey, if they win, I'm getting 12 to one. And if I wanted to play them on my own, they're seven to one. So right. everybody walks home with a value. That's what makes them so good.
1: And the other beauty is, like like you said, middle, man. well, that the other thing beauty is, you can say once you then own a team, you can carve that up amongst other people, and people sure, can say, I, I want to buy, doing it. I want to buy yeah. a third of this team or half of that team. And now you've got a stake in that, and you could even sell your team once the tournament has begun if you don't like the way they look. Someone else may buy them off you,
2: right? Sure. Sure. And if I'm more realistic, they might be okay, guys, uh, LSU's on the board. What do you think? And and Dave says, well, I'm in for 100. Gator says, I'm in for 200. And then I have to decide how much do I want to add to that on my own? And I make the bid, you know, and I say, okay, I know Zabe wants 100. Gator wants 200. I'll add uh, six. So we're willing to go to nine as a team, that kind of thing. Yeah.
1: Calcutta's are huge at private golf clubs because. Yes it's a way to bet on amateur golfers with handicaps that you just don't know how they're going to play any given weekend, depending on how drunk they are. Are they slicing it a lot? So it's, it's a really wide open kind of thing, but golf Calcuttas typically require you to purchase half of your own team in order to win any money. And so that's a wrinkle to golf, golf betting, which is different than just betting a Calcutta uh, in the NCAA tournament. I argued at my last, you know, golf trip to Pinehurst, that if somebody doesn't want to bet on themselves because they just know they don't think they're going to win, but if they still get a chunk of money for winning anyway because they played hard and, oh, they woke up, they're like, I found it, I could putt today, that keeps everybody honest. That keeps guys from tanking it in the Calcutta. And this was a big argument, Mr. X, amongst some golfers who say, at my club, we always make you buy half of your team you get what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, it seems like two ways to get to the same point. The bottom line is everyone has to be have an, a, an incentive to play and then to perform. But right. either way, should get
1: there. Yeah, I, no, I see what you're saying. That, it, that that I may say, look, I'm going to play hard because I've got no money on myself because I don't think I can putt today. But I still want to win 30% of my Calcutta payings or winnings because – I want to play hard. Like, I'm incented to win money. I have no risk in losing. Others would say, okay. no, no, no. Unless you've got half of your own team out there in cash, you're not going to try that hard. You're going to say, well, well, I wasn't going to win anyway, so I'm just going to slap it around. Who cares?
2: Now, see, I see it I see it the other way. It's not like you're going to tank, but it's more like this. Okay, Zabe, if you win it's a little bit, if I win, it's a big pot. Now you know what? When we're going up to eighteen, I'm just going to say, say, hit this one in the woods, and I'll give you twenty five percent of the pot. <laughs> wow. That's what you're trying to wow. avoid. Wow,
1: that would be a scandal of epic proportions, Mister X. Can Calcutta's exit question: Can Calcuttas be conducted online or over the phone?
2: Hmm. <sighs> First of all, sounds I don't like a know no. That I would trust an online. And sounds I do like it, it no. over the phone. The fun is the event. Well, that's, that's the thing that makes it. I, it sounds yeah, like yeah. A, no.
1: the only reason was I think a lot of listeners are like, hey man, Zabe should organize a Calcutta. They sound fun. They sound interesting. And you know, I'm thinking, can we do it virtually with you know Zabe cast listeners and whatnot? And I think the answer is probably not. We have to be physically in the same room to get that quick back and forth. Okay, who's got whom? Bid here, bid there, right?
2: Yeah, I I think. I think it would be a 10% of the fun of a real one. And that might be high.
1: (laughs) So in other words, it's not worth doing.
2: I would say no, not
1: worth doing. Okay.
2: But, but we got Thursday open. Maybe we add this to Thursday. Nah.
1: Hashtag over planning. You know me. Okay. (laughs) Anything else you want to talk about before we are done today?
2: You know what? I am going to tell you something last Sunday was a key birthday for Mrs. X. And for whatever reason, all the kids were home, and she had decided that what she wanted to do was take all six of us, I say take, as in me take, go to the Ritz-Carlton for tea. To which I looked at her and I was like, are you new here? Do you not know this family? You don't have girls. What are you thinking? But the boys all put on the good clothes and they went to tea with mom at a, a absurd price to get tea and muffins and trinkets and Aww. whatever you get. But this is what a part I thought about you. Okay, they bring out and the, these trays at the end with all kinds of little tarty pastry desserty things and each each round thing is full of all these different things in pairs. So most people would just split. You know, I got one of these, you get one of these. First thing the kids do is they look at this and go, no, we're having a draft. <laughs> Mom says, everybody gets one sheet, and they go, no, 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 we're having a draft. And, like, first thing X4 says is, everybody knows the Tierra soup is the one-one. I'm willing to trade down and accumulate extra pastry picks. <laughs> so they start doing drafts instead of, I think we're the only ones that a tea. Ever drafted all of the desserts?
1: A dessert draft, <laughs> of course. Expect anything else, as Dan Hicks would say, about a Mr. X T and crumpets excursion for a nice round number birthday, not to be disclosed, of Mrs. X, of course. All right, callmemrx.com. That's the website, callmemrx.com. Season totals coming out soon. Zabe Vegas, two weeks from today, essentially. Craps lesson at one o'clock on Friday before Zabe Vegas. At the Top Golf at MGM Grand. Thank you, Mister X.
2: All right, can't wait. Sounds can't good. wait. See you. All
1: right, I'll end on this. Just something light. Have you seen the footage of the guy with the racing drone that tracks golf shots? It is seriously cool. A drone pilot took his first-person. FPV drone, that's what they call it, first-person view, drone to a nearby golf course and filmed his golf game in a whole new way. You need a really fast drone to do this. I didn't think that the stabilization on the cameras on these type of racing drones were this good or that cinematic because they go super fast but this guy is a really good pilot and to follow a golf shot as it arcs up into the air ascends and then falls to the green is nothing short of of mesmerizing, And yes, of course, I now need a first-person view racing drone. And I will probably wreck it the very first time I try to film such a shot. All right, that'll do it for me today. Thank you for listening. Uh, remember, we're still chugging on. Friday edition coming tomorrow. We'll see what the world looks like then, and we'll figure it out day by day. As always, thank you very much for listening. Tell a couple of friends. Have a great Thursday, and we will see you tomorrow.
0: Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022.